This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And welcome back, people. The Michigan football breakdown focused on the offense is back with the gorgeous one. Gorgeous Al Borges. Uh, we got to get so uh, before we get started, like I'm going to say uh, in all the videos, we are separating now the film breakdown from the commentary. Film breakdown will be in a separate video that you can watch and see all the normal telestrations like we always get down. But not with the All-22. We aren't using that. But certainly with the TV broadcast that we use for entertainment and educational purposes only, we don't make any money off of that video. Uh, that will not be monetized, but uh, be sure to check it out if you're interested in that aspect of it. This portion of our breakdown is all commentary based where we give you the broad strokes the bitter and the sweet as al calls it get his you're going to get his grades on the game uh and you'll get some some explanation of what you're going to see in the film breakdown but first things first al how you how the hell are you al borges well hell, sam it's football season other than the fact that i got to work with you every week it's awesome i'm doing really really good but, you know, all of us have our crosses to bear, and you just happen to be mine. Hey, man, I love you too, Al. I think you know that. I think you yes. know that. But, hey, man, it was uh, – it was. it's interesting to compare and contrast the outlook or the, the view of Michigan heading into this season compared to last season where there was so much uncertainty. Amazing how, how far – how much higher the bar is for Michigan this year, Al? You 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 create a monster and it can gobble you up, Sam. Just remember that, okay? The better you do, the more they expect. The bigger the university, the more they expect. So, yeah, the, the bar's pretty high. But you know what? They're equipped, I think, on both sides of the ball, although the defense, I think, is still going to be a little bit of a work in progress because they have more new guys. But I think they're equipped – to meet and exceed those expectations if everything goes like it can go. You know, there, there'll be some ups and downs like there always is. There's no perfect seasons, but um, I think this is going to be a great, a lot of fun to do it this year because we do have more that's known, you know, where a year ago we had a lot that wasn't known. But uh, from an offensive perspective, which is what we're doing, we have a lot of reliable guys that have proven they can play this schedule, and uh, they're going to be fun to evaluate week in, week out. So, you know, the the outlook, I mean, Michigan, one of the top five teams in the country, um, you know, expected to not only compete to repeat as Big Ten champions, but expected to be a playoff caliber team uh, this year. But who will be at the helm, Al Borges, right? Last year, even though you had the young whippersnapper, five-star quarterback, J.J. McCarthy coming in, I think it was more clear that 
as far as command of the team and the scheme, that was Kay McNamara. People can confuse that with talent. That's the command is different than talent, right? And so Cade had greater command last year. Now, JJ, with some experience under his belt, the command gap isn't as great. I mean, the only thing he has on him is that he's played a lot more games, of course. But JJ looking very comfortable in his skin. Teammates very comfortable with him as well. Coach is very comfortable with him. It's about comparing their performance in true competition. What did you think of Jim Harbaugh's decision to alternate starting quarterbacks as a means to figure out who the guy should be? I think it's a great way to do it. I really do. The more I thought about it, the more I was convinced. Because now, you know, last year, the coach in me leaned early on particularly towards McNamara because he was not mistake prone, uh, good game manager, sometimes a great game manager, uh, did enough to beat most every opponent. And the reason that you didn't play the other guy was you were afraid that he would do something because of his inexperience that might get you beat. So I was always, well, you can't just throw him in there just because he has great talent when you're getting production out of the other player. Well, that's last year's reason, okay? That's no reason this year. That's, that's to me, is that's no longer a, a, a reason to say, well, we can't play the other kid. Well, how do you, if you really believe that uh, the kid has the type of skill set, and I'm talking about McCarthy, that everyone's talking about, and I do, I'm convinced that, that he definitely could be a difference maker in big games. Okay, in big games, not not necessarily Colorado State where you win fifty-one to seven. I'm talking about games like Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, you know, and maybe into the playoffs. If you believe that, you've got to manufacture him an opportunity to prove that. Now, how do you do that? There's a couple of different ways. You can run him in and out. You know, okay, well, you know, Cade, you go a couple series, and then JJ, you go a couple series, and that I'm not a fan. I mean, it's hard to get rhythm. As a, as, as a quarterback when you're only in there, then all of a sudden you're out, okay? A year ago, they packaged him, which I thought was great. Good way to get his, you know, dip his toe in the water a little bit, you know, had a package of plays. Well, now he's not really a package quarterback. He's a, he's a complete game quarterback. He can do all the things you want. So how do you do that? You got to get him a complete game. Let's put both of them out front and center against teams that are, you know, they're pretty much tantamount to each other. I mean, you can make a case one way or the other against – Hawaii's not very good on defense, but Colorado State wasn't exactly killing it either. So uh, you put him in an opportunity to start and finish a football game or whatever it takes. If, you know, in the third quarter of the game's over, then take him out. But give him, give one guy one game, give the other guy another game. That, to me, is a competition, okay, that is as level a playing field as you can get. You know, you can make a case, well, this didn't happen, that didn't happen, I didn't get this chance, you threw more passes – you get a whole game, okay? You get a whole game against this. Similar opponents, so you can evaluate in-game situations who you think the better player is, how well he handles the pressure, can he complete the passes in games that he completed in practice, is he a state street player, is he a main street player? All those things come to fruition. These are not seven-on-seven seven drills anymore, Sam. This is live bullets and an opportunity to throw – you know, maybe as many as 20 passes in a game, maybe more, you'll have a pretty good idea where you stand after a couple weeks with regard to who's ready to take you in 
to the rest of the season. So I, I like the idea. I do. All right. And so Colorado State's terrible. I, let me see. So let me see what Al Boy just said. About, I got one repeat what you said about Colorado State. <laughs> they are a good team. Uh, no one was expecting them to be a good team. I mean, they they the whole squad was turned over. They uh, have like 37 transfers from Nevada, right? That team was always going to get beat 51 to seven. Clearly, a work in progress. Yeah. yeah. When you look, when you see the score, you say, "Oh, you know, that was an outstanding performance." I think certainly defensively, and you're going to fill in for Vance Bedford this week talking about the defense in another video. Certainly defensively, I think it was it definitely was a stellar performance for Michigan. Fair to say, uh on, on offense, solid, but not spectacular. Fair to say, Al, even though they scored. Yeah, points, I, th- I think points. that's that's I'm not gonna say they played bad because I don't think they did. Right. Um but not with two expectations based on what's you know coming off such a fantastic season. Uh, I think they could have, I think they'd tell you that. I don't think that's speaking out of school in any way, shape, or form. As I looked at it, and I put a grade, you know, I, I, we're doing some grading this week, uh, this year, without individualizing everybody. Now, you got to kind of individualize a quarterback because there's only one guy playing that position. But from an offensive line perspective, you know, I think they were a solid B. Now they had yeah, some we'll, we'll get into the, we'll get into the grades. We'll get into the grades. Oh, you're not ready for that yet. Yeah, we're not ready for the grades yet. We'll okay. get into the All grades. Right. Well, sorry, the- I jumped the gun on that, Sam. But I'm going to say then then we'll give them an overall grade of a B. Okay, I, I'm going to say it was a B. So as you look at the quarterback, this was always going to be the evals are all going going to be focused on the quarterback. I mean, with from how the the season was sort of framed. Uh, you hear Harbaugh talk in the offseason. He said, we're going to be more explosive. And we're going to be more explosive in the passing game. That would lead you to believe that that's going to be evident out the gate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I ask you this in the box. When you watched how the game unfolded, did you think that it was the game plan that sort of dictated how they attacked through the air? Or do you think that was an adjustment? That, you know, some of the shots that maybe you expect to see, and this was something coming from the guys in the offseason that I talked to on and off the record, said, oh, we're going to be taking more shots, right? And that just wasn't that just wasn't evident uh, in no. this game. And I'm, I'm curious, Al, as you watched it, did, did you get the feeling that that was game plan or did you get the feeling that that was adjustment to how the game was being played? I, I... – that's a heck of a question because I, I would guess it was the game plan because generally if you watch the first quarter and a half, that tells you how that what their approach is going to be. And then the adjustments come, you know, usually in most instances, okay? It's, this, is, this is how we're going to open the game. This is how we're going to attack these guys. If, in fact, it works, great. We'll continue with that approach. If it doesn't, then we'll adjust. The thing that jumped out at me schematically from a per- passing game perspective is uh, – because I'm watching closely because of, you know, my background. I like to see how coordinators think. And the biggest difference I saw between a Gaddis called game and what we saw the other day was uh, Gaddis had really leaned a great deal on play passes to get bites, okay? Uh, this game, I believe, I, there were two. There was a, a trap pass dagger that was a nice play, beautiful play by Cade. He spun it in there right, really nice to C.J., and one other 
play pass, I think, by J.J. later, a three-level flood where he checked the ball down, and it got a pretty good little game. But I think that's part of it, Sam. I don't think there was a lot of design to take the ball down the field that just jumped out at you where uh, uh, the the, uh, a year ago there was much more of that, and there were more opportunities for big bites of offense. Most of the stuff we saw were catch-and-run plays, like Hall's play, like Ronnie – Bell's play on the, on the on the inside slant off the stick route. You know, they were not take the ball down the field type deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get into the bitter and the sweet from this from this game. Starting with the the sweet offensively, what did you really like? What were the the most positive takeaways for you offensively for Michigan in this game? Well, number one is uh, virtually no penalties. In the first game, I don't care if you, I don't care if you do have an experienced team. It's easy in the first game to get sloppy. You know, it's just it's you haven't played in a while. And first thing I noticed uh, or took away right away is there was very little sloppy play. Okay, uh, I don't believe there was a fumble. Was there a fumble in the game? I don't. Uh, Not by Michigan. I, I, no, I don't believe there was a fumble. Now that's that's good. That's that's good stuff. There was uh, a near interception, uh, which. But they, uh, at the end of the day, there was no interceptions, okay? The targeting in the game in terms of missed assignments, almost none. Very, very few. Come out for the couple, line. Yeah, a couple times, offensive line and everybody for that matter, but mostly offensive line that day. Everybody looked like they knew who to block. And I'm going to tell you something. Colorado State was moving around a little bit. They were they were showing some slants off their 4-2 looks, and it could have been easy to screw some of that stuff up, particularly for the guy like uh, uh, Trente Jones who was new, you know, and he had a couple growing pain plays uh, and coupled with the fact that they had to do a little patchwork with uh, Barnard getting hurt and then Keegan have to go out to tackle and play there much. You know, I thought they did a pretty darn good job making those adjustments. I love their tight ends. I thought the tight ends were, they didn't catch a million balls, but they look like they've taken a step with their blocking, you know, pinning that seven technique on the line of scrimmage, not getting thrown around. It'll get harder now. It'll get harder because that seven technique is going to be a more athletic guy as they play into the Big Ten. The receivers, because I don't think the quarterback played to the level he can, the receivers weren't featured like I'd hoped. I thought I was really hoping that there would be another step. Ronnie Bell caught one ball, okay, uh, and he hasn't played, and that's not that a big deal. There's many more. There's going to be a lot more opportunities for him to catch passes. But if you were looking for explosive plays, those have been the guys that have been able to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coupled with the fact that the the backs who are, are good players, I'm completely convinced of that, did not really have any huge explosive plays. Now, they had some nice runs. They did. But uh, no huge bites uh, uh, jumped out at me. But you, all that said, I don't think they played bad. I just don't think they created the explosives that they're going to need to create as they go uh, to win. But – for the most part, it was a very solid performance. It was it was some very nice looking football plays at times, and uh, I, I don't I think it's a good start. Let's just say that. So quarterback play. I mean, as I said at the onset, this game, the biggest sort of spotlight, uh, the most scrutiny was going to be on quarterback play. Whether it's the how the season was framed, whether it's the quarterback competition, all eyes were on Kate McNamara. Uh, and by any measure or metric, 
it was not a game whether you know Devin mentioned his pro football focus grade uh, in the video with him. Uh, Steve Clark mentioned his QBR score, which was the lowest he had since the Washington game. He actually had a higher QBR against Georgia in the Orange Bowl than he had against Colorado State. So it was not it was not Cade's best game by any stretch, Al. And uh, you don't have to have a trained eye to see that, but when you do have a trained eye, I'd imagine you 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 see it a lot yeah. deeper. Yeah, what you're looking for on a returning starter, okay, is a guy that's going to put a stranglehold on the position, okay? He's going to go out there and make a statement about why he's starting and should continue to do so, okay? Uh, Hit the passes you should hit, take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves, and when at the end of the game everybody says, now that's our guy, Okay. That's our guy. I'm, everybody leaves the stadium convinced, right? Well, he just didn't do that. He didn't do that. And 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 that that's unfortunate because you're coming off a big season of a year ago. You started every game. You want to believe as a fan, as a coach, that the next step is going to be taken. Okay. That now, okay, we got our butts kicked by Georgia. We had a great season, but we got our butts, but now we're ready to play Georgia. Okay. Different team. But there were just too many things during the course of the game that looked like last year. Okay. So, so. Like, like, give me, give me some examples. Cause I, I tell you from going over every stitch of film multiple times last year, there were a couple of themes that seemed to emerge. One of them, for instance, attacking the middle of the field against zone. That was not, uh, that was not a, you know, that was not his forte, so to speak. Um, you know, attacking the field. I definitely uh, preferred the boundary versus the, the field. Uh, you you saw at least what seemed to me to be a guy who had knew, sort of predetermined a lot where he wanted to go with the football. Uh, and, and then if the coverage told him he couldn't go there, then you know what, rather than go through the progression – you know, check it down or, or throw it away. That's how it seemed. Now, you're the coach and the trained eye. I don't know if those things line up with what you saw last year, but uh, I would like to know your opinion on that. And if so, or if not, what similarities or differences do you see from last year? Well, I, I didn't see many, and that's that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. I think, I think what's got to, uh, if you're going to get the most at every pass play, that you have to give the progression a chance, regardless of where the stretch is happening, whether it's the field side, short side, whatever, okay? If, in fact, the play dictates that the rotation of the coverage dictates which way you're going to throw, then do what you need to do, but go through the progression to do it. I think what's happening sometimes is Kate's peeking to that side and leaving that side so fast to throw checkdowns or shorter balls into the short side of the field, which are lower risk and higher percentage, but they're not getting the bites that sometimes you could get on some of the other throws because we're aborting progressions early. Okay. And that's, uh, I noticed it on several plays in this game. Now you never know, you know, I I speak, you never know exactly how he's coached. Okay. And maybe there's times that's what he's told to do. So by all means, coach him the way you believe can get it done. But I just know, 
that once if you if you design a sit corners flat stretch to the field and they're in a three deep zone, I'd sure as hell like to see what happens between those reads before I start checking the ball back down the other way. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if there's verticals to the field, I want to see if I can get somebody to run by somebody and take a bite on that vertical before I promptly check it down someplace else. And I think what's happening is there's some premature check downs. Now, I'm a guy, I love watching seeing guys check the ball down because they're telling me they're not greedy. I like that. That's good in a quarterback. But you cannot hit a home run unless you swing hard, okay? You got, you got to get up there with the idea that I'm going to aggressively take a peek at what the Biggest play I can get, knowing that I don't want to swing at a pitch in the dirt. So that if people are defending that, then I know what are my alternatives? How does my footwork work into those alternatives? And that's how you play the position, right? Your feet and your eyes take you to the reads, go through the progression, knowing where everybody on the field is. But I just, there were several times during the game as I looked through the wider angles that there looked like there were some uh, some throws that, we, he didn't give a chance to develop and went to check down so prematurely. A couple of times it cost him a first down. So uh, I think these are things we got to he's, – he's got to grow in if he's going to take the next step as a quarterback. It's nice, Sam. It's really nice that the ball doesn't get intercepted. God knows as a coordinator, I, I appreciate that so much because it always gave me another call, you know. But the design of the passing game is to take what the defense gives you. And if you won't go through the progressions to find out what that is, you're never going to take make the most of each pass play. Do you think? Because uh, the word was all off season, certainly in camp, that he was his game was on another level. He was playing his best football. Harbaugh said that in nauseam. It was backed up by the players. It definitely got a lot more back and forth uh, toward the latter part, latter half of camp from everything that I heard. Uh, but what we saw in uh, against Colorado State wasn't indicative of uh, of that. And I, I, could, I could hazard a guess. I could only wonder, Al, if maybe it was the, the pressure of the competition. Because it certainly wasn't Colorado State. I mean, you, you saw that. It wasn't them. Uh, and there were opportunities there. And I just wonder if you think you know, the, the pressure of the moment was greater than the pressure of the opponent. And by the moment, I mean the competition was greater than the pressure of the opponent in that game. Well, I'll say this. It's natural for anybody to hear footsteps in the situation he's in. It's uh, natural for anybody. Is it fair, Al? Is this fair? Is this, a, was, is this a fair way to determine who the quarterback should be when your incumbent quarterbacks you to a playoff and a, and a championship? A, a conference championship because that I don't know if you saw his post game, but the impression, whether intentional or not, the impression was that he didn't think that this was really a fair way to go about determining who the quarterback is going to be. Well, then what is, I mean, I guess that, that, that would be the next question. What is, if, if you've got now, you know, I believe this with all my heart, kids know what the other guy's doing. Believe me, they're constantly, seating themselves against their competition. I have to hang my hat if I'm Kane McNamara, my ability to manage games and make plays when they're there. The other kid, he's got to be able to do that too, yes, but he adds more to the table, more to the, 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 the situation because he can move, he's got a strong arm, he's got an NFL skill set. 
uh, Cade knows what uh, JJ's ability is. I promise you he does. He's standing next to him and watching him every play. And so uh, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. So if you say to me it's not fair, well, then what is fair? Is, is it fair for me to say this kid never plays unless you get hurt? I'm not prepared to do that as a coach when you consider the talent level of the backup. Okay, so what is is it fair for me to say, well, okay, I'm going to let you play a couple of series and let him play? Well, I don't think that's the best. You wouldn't like that. You want to play the whole game and show me what you can do. So I think what they devised, it's hell of an idea. I really do. And and then, you know, once you got a couple games, if you still haven't decided, if it still isn't, it still isn't isn't separation between the two players. You got more evaluating to do. Now you got to reevaluate how you're going to do that. But I think this is as good as anyway. I really do. I think it is. It, it's just not. If you're sitting in his seat, you don't want to see the other kid play a whole game. You don't want to see it for more reasons than just you know. You just don't because now. Now ah. you're going to get a chance to see him throw 20-something-odd passes against a defense that's not very good. You're going to see him scramble around. You're going to see him do some stuff that a lot of the fans have been waiting to see but have only seen a small sample size of, really, in the in the, the large scale of things. There's been a small sample size. I mean, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah, you say yeah. it's, yeah, they're teammates, but this is competition. <laughs> it's competition now, but it is what it is. You cannot fool football players. They know – I never lied to him. I always said, Devin will tell you. I never, I told him. They didn't know. He always want to hear what I told him. But uh, they know what's going on. They'll figure it out real fast. And they know how good the guy is next to him. And they always want to believe they can do something to put themselves ahead of the other guy, even if they may not have the same skill set. But I'm empathetic to his situation. I really am. But as a coach, you have to do what's best for the team. And uh, to never find out what this kid can do in a game situation with a full game. Uh, I don't think that's smart. I don't think that's best use of your talent, you know, and if, you know, if he falls on his face and you believe like you're better off playing with, with Cade, then go with Cade and don't look back. But I like, I like the idea of what they're doing. All right. So let's get to the grade portion. Uh, and since we just closed with talking about quarterbacks, Maybe we should end with the quarterback. Let's let's start off since you already gave the grade for the offensive line. Let's give me uh, give me the detail on the why you gave the offensive line a solid B. Yeah, see, because I don't really. I mean, I could go over every single player as I've done that before. But what I do basically uh, when I watch the line play is I see who where the play kills are coming from. Okay, and by play kills, I mean the play the guy the one guy that didn't execute his assignment, and because he didn't execute his assignment, the play got killed. It maybe gained one yard when it should have gained five or lost two yards or whatever. So as I go through it, um, I don't evaluate uh, if their steps are right. I do a little bit. I shouldn't say that. But uh, their steps are right, their hand placement's right, their hat placement's right. Uh, I pretty much grade them based on their productivity or lack thereof, okay? And uh, as I look at it, like I said, I thought the offensive line played at about a B level when you consider they did have some adversity and that they had to play without their left tackle. They had they got uh, the guy that replaced him got hurt, so they had to move Keegan out there. There were some issues there that I don't care who you're playing, that that's not easy, okay? But they played hard. I think uh, uh, 
uh, Trent Jones is a, is a talent, but still learning. Okay, he's a, he's still a work in progress. He, he had a few, a, a couple times he looked a little confused and then uh, missed a couple deuce blocks, but was overall pretty good play. It wasn't it wasn't wasn't god awful. Uh, uh, Zenter inside and and I really like the center. The center. Uh, I think team. I marked him. Yeah, I think I marked him down on two plays on back blocks, on counter plays, but uh, where a guy kind of popped the top of him once, but. He's solid. He's athletic. That, that It's a step up. And I liked the starters, but this kid athletically is at another level uh, from what I've seen. But I, I just think all told it was a good start, but it's not as good as they could be. And I think when they get the five in there, you know, Sam, the five playing together like they did a year ago a lot, I think you're going to – that 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 group's going to go up. And hence, the backs are going to show up more. So, Yeah, it, it felt like um... – Maybe just a little rust. I, yeah. In addition bit. to the inexperience that you talked about with, yeah. Uh, you had Trente Jones in his first start. Uh, Giovanni Ohadi got in when when Trevor Keegan had to kick out to to tackle. So you had some some really young, yeah, green guys uh, in there. But the the veterans, it just felt you know plays that you know blocks you know they make. I mean, they were terrific on the move last year, mm-hmm. Al. They were yeah, terrific they were. On, they were. on the counter, and they will be again, Sam. Right, and that's what I'm saying. You just felt yeah, like, okay, this, this, this is game one stuff. Here's the good news with Trent A. Jones. He is very capable athletically, toughness-wise, movement. Uh, he's going to do nothing but get better as the season goes on. I I, I really like him. I, I think he's just going to have to get in there and learn a little bit. Well, he's know. another he's another step up at, athletically, at least. Yes. He, is, yeah. he is one of their most athletic big guys, and he is – he is definitely more athletic than, than Andrew Stuber. That's, again, no disrespect intended. Uh, but the potential for this line is greater because of Oluwatimi in the middle and because of Trente Jones. Yeah, I, I, would, I would concur with that. I don't think there's yeah. any doubt. Now they got to get chemistry. That's the thing. Get, get the chemistry with the new guys. And that's what the guys had a year ago. And I think the starters really was helpful that way. And I'm sure uh, – is it Olutini? Is that Olutini? Yeah, Olu Oluwatimi. Oluwatimi. Yeah. That'll take me a couple sessions to get straight, but just call the um, man Olu. That yeah. that make it easy, All but right. uh, uh, I, he he's played a lot, not here, but he's played a lot. So I don't think there's going to be any issues with that. So the All tight right. ends, I like the tight ends. God, I, you know, it's so good to see tight ends. I, you know, I, I used to tell guys when they got when I recruited them, I said, you know, you died and gone to tight end heaven. This is this offense is about tight ends. But they uh, they were more blockers than receivers, although they got a couple balls. But they were solid. I liked Horniford, you know, in the role they used him. Although you know he's not going to catch a lot of balls, but uh, he was solid. And I, and, I, I, and Schumacher looks like he's taken the next step as a blocker. Uh, he's a very athletic kid and he got a lot of range and good leverage. And he's just he's just not he doesn't look like he's going to get tossed around at all. I think he struggled a little bit with that early last year. It got better as the season went on, but he just looked solid as a rock to me. And then Eric Hall's as good as he wants to be. I mean, he can do it all. He can he can block on the line of scrimmage. He can in line. He can move, and he can catch. He's a, he is the prototypical NFL skill set. Uh, and I think again, as the quarterback plays better, the tight ends will be uh, featured more in the passing game. But I, I thought they were B plus, B plus, A minus level. They 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 uh, they they played good. The receivers. I gave I'd give them a B too, but only only because they weren't featured as much. Now Ronnie, I think, had a ball he could have caught that he didn't uh, on a little outside smash route. He wasn't featured much. He caught the one inside slant off the stick that we mentioned. 
but he got to get involved now because Ronnie Bell's a prolific receiver when when he's featured. Okay, but they're solid across the board there. And as the quarterback plays better, the receivers will come to life. I'm convinced of that. But all told, I thought their performance was pretty good. Um, they blocked pretty well in the perimeter. Had a couple of breakdowns, one on a bubble, another on a counter that got popped outside. But for the most part, they didn't kill a lot of plays. They worked hard out there. Okay. I love the running backs. The running backs were not prolific in this game. Uh, oh. I think the, some of the things we mentioned about the offensive line probably contributed to that. Absolutely. But Blake Corum still looks like Blake Corum to me. First guy, don't miss him. Hey, don't don't ever get him. They never get him. I said, don't miss him. They don't ever they don't ever get him. I mean, he can make more tacklers disappear than anybody you'll ever see. And the other kid, uh, I had a kid at uh, Auburn named Ronnie Brown who played in the NFL for a while. He reminds me of Ronnie. Not as big as Ronnie, but he has the same features. He's good oh, yeah. in the open field. Can catch a BB in the dark. Uh, Donovan Edwards, I think he's really pro. He's now there's a prototypical NFL back, still developing. I don't want to anoint him just yet, but boy, does he have a talent that that I was. Very impressed with. So, uh, I liked. I liked them. They'll be good. They'll be fine. I think. No, I have no issues with the running backs. Just keep them healthy, and they'll show up. Cade, uh, as we talked about, has got to take the position, the bull by the horns with the position, and he just didn't do it in this game, with opportunities to do it. He's got to shore up some of his footwork issues. He's got to get his hips set to the target a little better. Uh, we bit talk better. about that a lot. I mean, if on the on the list of needed improvements, where does footwork fit for you? Footwork to me is at the top of the list. See, everybody, Sam, and I, I get on guys all they want to talk about reads. You know what I want? You know what I'm talking about? They want to talk about throws. Everything starts at quarterback with your footwork getting your hips set to the target, timing your throws, clean drops. The thing I learned about coaching quarterbacks is every step you take counts. And if you take one that doesn't belong in the drop, the ball's late or your hips are out of position to make a throw. You have to tie your footwork into the distance of the routes. And if, in fact, the routes get held up, you got to be able to use your footwork to compensate for that. And you can't – common mistakes are getting to the back of the drop, stiffening your legs like a ballerina or bouncing around like a bouncing clown, you know, or, or just uh, uh, letting your feet get get planted in, like in cement and not moving. Uh, court, playing quarterback is very much a movement position, but the movements are much more subtle than any other position. They could be, and you watch Tom Brady, he is the epitome of what I'm talking about because he's not a mobile quarterback, but he is a nimble quarterback. He knows how to move in the pocket, a little bit left, a little bit right, a little bit up, so he buys a beat and maintains his balance to make throws. And that's one of the problems I think Cade's struggling with the most is he's not always in a good balanced position when he starts his throw or when he finishes his throw. And I think it would help his timing and his accuracy if he'd go back to work on that. I really think that is a huge part of when he doesn't throw the ball as well. I think that's that's probably I would contribute that I would say that contributes the most to his lack of effectiveness. So uh, great overall grade. I guess you got to talk about JJ before you give the grade for the position, but or maybe you grade him individually. Um, how did you how did K grade out in this game for you? He was below average in this game. He was below average. He was he was not up to 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 
the standard I think he would set for himself or needs to be the standard that it needs to be for the team to beat good teams. He can play better than that and has played better than that. And I think will play better than that. But um, you can't you miss too many throws, too many opportunities. Uh, I think there were some reads. Again, I don't know exactly how he's coached, but I think he turned down some opportunities for some big plays. And that's not that's not news now. That's something we talked about a year ago. Uh, JJ in the time he was in there was did a nice job. Uh, he uh, he's obviously a huge running threat. But that being said, I don't really consider JJ a dual threat quarterback. I think I look at JJ more as a pro style mobile quarterback. Now, yes, they do do some things with him. Don't get me wrong; they'll they'll pull out that bluff zone, and he he darted for a touchdown. Boy, he looks fast. He looks fast. I mean, yeah, they he say he's the legit bluff zone. now. That's, yeah. that's faster than he was in high school. Yeah. He took that one bluff zone, put a little move on the safety, and he was in the zone before they could blink an eye. Took off on a line route off an RPO, and, God, he looked like he was moving at a different speed. And so they, he gives you that dimension. He made one throw sideline to hash to hash on, a, on an outcut, uh, almost looked effortlessly, almost looked effortless. Um, I think overall, again, he didn't play a ton, but what he did, he did very well. I didn't see any major flaws but I do. I am anxious to see him in a game where he plays seventy plays, because uh, I think th- there will be some things that you'll say he could have done better, without a doubt. But in the little time he was in there, he did a nice job. So uh, again, his his grade, he's a high B to a, to a low A. I would say, you know, he wasn't perfect by any means, but uh, he certainly didn't have any blatant errors that you could say, "Oh my God, we can't let that kid be in the game." You know. All right. So uh, we'll we'll close this portion of the breakdown out with this question, Al, if, if you were Coach Borges sort of making the decision on who the quarterback is going to be, uh, if if J.J. played lights out versus Hawaii, would that settle the battle if it were you, if you were the one making the decision, or would you still need to see more against UConn before you were ready to make that determination? I would again. I'd have to see the game and see exactly how the game went and how the team reacted to his success. Um, we talked about this a year ago. There is a team dynamic to consider here, particularly when uh, McNamara's been picked as a captain. But that can't be—he's picked as a captain. He wasn't picked as a starting quarterback necessarily, not not yet anyway. So, uh, but I would lean if in, if uh, if he plays to the level I think he's probably capable of playing, I would run with him. I would go with him. Uh, Talking about J.J. Yeah, J.J., because uh, I, as much as I like Cade and I do, uh, there's just uh, so many more things that J.J. is capable of. He's more mobile. His arm's stronger. He can create more offense, okay? Uh, and in that regard, as long as he doesn't – as long as he takes care of the ball, which uh, – you know, and you can't go, you can't panic because he throws an interception once a strike. That, that's going to yeah. happen. Okay. Because you can't freak out and say, oh, see, uh, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> you got to give him a chance to go through those same, same growing pains that you gave McNamara or any other quarterback you coached. So uh, I would run with him, knowing that I think in big games, close games, tough games, that you're going to need that X factor 
Sam, to win the game, where maybe you're not running the ball. Maybe maybe they play Ohio State this year and they're not able to run the ball as well, okay? Because last year they mashed them, right? I mean, that was an ass kicking of mass proportions up front. But maybe this year in the horseshoe might be a little tougher. Well, now who's going to compensate for that loss in offense? Well, right. To- and, and they obviously uh, got blown out by Georgia. And did you see Georgia in week one? Is it, they didn't look like they – they lost five first round picks and they still look like that, Al. Yeah, I know. And that's something. Done, so that, done. that's who you're, that's the level of team that you're trying to beat, right? So clearly right. you need to be even better than you were last year. But why has Georgia got to that point? Georgia got to that point because they got a quarterback that was playing complete. He became a very, very good quarterback who could manufacture offense, could scramble, and he doesn't possess the skill set that this kid McCarthy does. As good as players he's been and as well as he's done. Uh, but he has really been the straw that stirred the drink to make Georgia the national champion. Because if he didn't do some of the things he did in those last few games, they don't win the national championship. I mean, he was an RPO machine against Michigan. Oh, he was. And, and he's just a little scrawny guy that you wouldn't you wouldn't think could do it. But uh, he can do it. And, and has done it now. Now you take a 6'3 kid that can run a 4'5 and has an NFL arm. Okay. Well, I got to believe he can do everything Stetson Bennett can do and more, given the opportunity and the reps. So uh, that's just me. But I know this. Last year's reasons are gone. Last year's reasons for him not playing are gone. Those were last year's reasons. They weren't excuses. They were reasons. But those reasons are now, to me, null and void until – Something shows up that tells me that he's not as good a player as I think, which could happen. I don't. I'm not. I'm not anointing JJ McCarthy. He's going to have to prove his worth. But I know that his skill. Uh, he's certainly equipped to do that. Great stuff as always, Al Borges. So a reminder to the people: the film breakdown is a separate video, and the film breakdown is. Is a separate video, not because we are just looking to, you know, just uh, pile on the, you know, the the views and the clicks with extra videos. No, we're separating that for a reason. We want to stay legal. Like I said, we want to stay legal for the people so we can keep bringing you the kind of content that you want to see. So the film breakdown has no monetization, no sponsorship. It's strictly for educational and entertainment purposes. Uh, So if you want some detail, some X's and O's detail to the commentary that you just heard. Check out the, you know, the the film breakdown focused on the offense with Al Borges. You can find that on a YouTube channel as well. And don't forget to look for us over on the MichiganInsider.com. Uh, that is where you find us 24-7. No pun intended, right? You find us 24-7 over the Michigan Insider on 24-7 sports, football, basketball, recruiting the best crew in the land and a big recruiting weekend on tap, by the way. So you can find out details about that over the MichiganInsider.com VIP subscription, get you in a dollar, get you in. Uh, once you get through that promo period, you get Paramount plus if you're an annual subscriber as well. So you cannot beat that over on the MichiganInsider.com. That'll do it for us on this edition of the Michigan football breakdown focused on the offense with Al Borges. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. 
From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+.